Don't let diaper rash come between you and your baby. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through. Keeping their delicate skin healthy and happy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick and goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable. When my oldest was little, she would get the worst diaper rash. It left me feeling so desperate to help her while also wanting something gentle on her skin. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician-approved skin protectant free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor. When she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash, she let nothing get in her way. You can use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel confident that you are making the right choice. Dr. Mom is committed to providing an ultra-premium formula for moms that won't settle when it comes to their little ones. Soothe and restore with active ingredients being dimethicone and petrolatum. You can find more about Dr. Mom Butt Balm at drmombuttbalm.com or find it on Amazon or Walmart.com. Hello, hello. It's Megan and Julie with the VBAC link. And today you just have us. Lucky you. We're so excited to be with you today. (laughs) And we're going to actually be talking on a very, very sensitive topic in a lot of areas because this can be one of those lovely debates out there. And we're talking hospital birth versus home birth. Definitely something that we know some people are passionate about on both sides. And that is great. And we love that. But today we want to talk about all the evidence on both sides and the pros and the cons and how to determine what's best for you. Absolutely. I'm excited. We actually have a blog about this, I think. I'm looking at that right now. We do. Home birth versus hospital. I know we have we one on do. natural birth versus epidural. We have writing a home birth plan. We have an H back one. Um, natural birth versus epidural. I don't think we have a hospital versus home birth. We have laboring at don't? home. Don't? Oh, laboring at home. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, during this episode, we're going to talk about a lot of things that we cover in our blog. So go to our blog right now and search for home birth. And it's going to bring up results, uh, laboring at home, uh, what's right in a VBAC birth plan. That's for hospital or home birth. We have, let's see. Home birth after cesarean. We've got yeah. lots of stories uh-huh. on the podcast. Natural birth versus epidural. Lots of podcast stories. Mm-hmm. How to write a home birth plan. All sorts of things. And then we're going to tell our content writer that tells us what to do about blogs that we need a home birth versus hospital birth. Yeah, blog. we do. We totally we do. do. And so mm-hmm. maybe there will be one there by the time this episode airs. <laughs> All right, but should I read a review? You should read a review. All right, I've got one from Google. We haven't read a Google review in a long time. So um, if you didn't know that, you can review us on Apple Podcasts. You can review us on Google by just searching for the VBAC link. And you can review us on Facebook. So um, we love reading and having reviews coming in from all three of those platforms. It keeps us going when the times get tough. (laughs) Um, This review from Google is from Annie McLaughlin. And she says, these ladies are an absolute joy to listen to on their podcast. I feel so fortunate to have found them on my journey to what will hopefully be a second VBAC with twins. When I had my first VBAC, I felt educated as I had read through books and websites. Now I feel empowered. Thanks to Julie and Megan, I feel more confident advocating for myself and asking the right questions. 
I recommend you to all the mamas I come across in other VBAC groups and often refer to specific episodes I've listened to. Thank you for all that you do, you women of strength, you. <laughs> no, thank you, you women of strength, you. <laughs> do you know what? I just saw in our Facebook community a twin birth posted. Oh, really? really? And now awesome. I'm going to go stalk her and see if it was that same one. I'm actually um, in it right now. Yeah, that'd be fun. If it was, it'd be super fun. Annie McLaughlin. We're stalking you, Annie. Lizzie. Speaking of, speaking of, if you didn't know, we do have a community. And no, we don't usually stalk you. Um, <laughs> Only if you leave a review. Oh, <laughs> don't put your real name on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's on Facebook. And if you search the VBAC link community, you will find us. Now, we do have questions that you have to answer, and we're kind of strict on it. So you have to answer all three, or you don't. Two. There's only two. Oh, yeah, now. there's two now. Um, you have to answer both, or you don't get added in. Sorry. We love you, but we really want to protect our group and keep everyone safe. So if you're not with us in that community, definitely check it out on Facebook, the VBAC link community. And um, I promise you're going to love it because these people in this group are just incredible. And I'm honestly learning from them. Like, do you find that, Julie? Like, you see a post, you're like, I actually didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> like, and I'm like, go and research it. Um, um, so Yes. Or I make a statement and then somebody else says, actually, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, do you know who I am? I own this community. And then oh, I go geez. and research it. And I was like, oh, crap, I was wrong. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. That's funny. Hey, I found it. Annie McLaugh in our Facebook group. I am, I'm looking her story. Oh, she, wait. Let's see. Girl scans. Oh, no. This is on October 26th. Dang it. September's. Nope. Oh, well, hmm. we'll have to see. Maybe I'm going to be looking while we're talking. So if I interrupt the episode, you will know. Okay. Because <laughs> she's due. She should have been due. Or maybe she's still pregnant. I don't know. Anyways, we're going to be done talking about Miss Anne right now. And we're going to talk about hospital birth versus home birth. Let's do it. You are tuned in to the VBAC Link podcast with Julie Frankham and Megan Heaton, VBAC moms, doulas, and educators here to help you get inspired for birth after having a C-section. Together, they have created a robust VBAC preparation course along with this uplifting podcast for women who are preparing for their VBAC. Although these episodes are VBAC specific, they encourage all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a cesarean from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan. Do you want a VBAC but don't know where to start? It's easy to feel like we need to figure it all out on our own. That's what we used to do, and it was the loneliest, most ineffective thing we have ever done. That's why Megan and I created our signature course, How to VBAC, the ultimate preparation course for parents that you can find at the VBAClink.com. It is the most comprehensive VBAC preparation course in the world, perfectly packaged in an online self-paced video course. Together, Megan and I have helped over 800 parents get the birth that they wanted, and we are ready to help you too. Head on over to the VBAClink.com to find out more and sign up today. That's the vbacklink.com. See you there. So this is something like as 
as individuals, we've both had a hospital birth and well, you had a home birth. I had a birth center, which is like kind of like a home birth, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I mean, out of hospital. It's out of hospital birth. So I definitely know the difference from my personal perspective on birth. But then I've also attended many births as a doula in hospital. In fact, I would say the majority of my clients deliver in hospital, which is something that a lot of people don't realize. A lot of people think doulas are only supporters out for like natural unmedicated birth. Mm -hmm. And just going to myth bust that one right there. It's not. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) And really, like, I would say, I don't know, 85 to 90% of our clients are in hospital. So um, I definitely have seen a lot of hospital birth. And then I've definitely seen home birth. So I'm excited to kind of talk about the things that I've seen and the differences in, on both. I'm excited too. And we both have, I think, things that rub us the wrong way. And we see some providers do constantly. And so I want to just kind of preface this before we get into it is that this is just experiences that we've seen in the birth room and in the at home birth and hospital birth and birth center births. And it's not to be replaced by advice from your provider. And it doesn't necessarily mean that your provider is doing anything wrong if they do things that we see that we don't necessarily like. And some of us like some things that the other one doesn't like. And so it's mm-hmm. just, it's going to be a fun conversation. I actually found Anne's post and she had her babies and they were a TOLAC turned um, elective repeat or elective cesarean. So she oh, had a repeat cool. cesarean after an induced TOLAC. She, it looks like she chose a cesarean. She hasn't written up their birth stories yet, but they look beautiful and well, a nice chunky eight pounds, seven ounce and seven pounds, wow, seven ounce twins. I know, twins. right? Yeah. That, those are nice size it. babies for twins. Yeah. Nice, nice chunky That's little, cool. little boys. That's so, awesome. Well, congrats, yeah, yeah. Anne. Yes. All right. I don't know how to get started. <laughs> so, well, first of all, I want to talk about home birth in general. So a lot of people are very, very scared of home birth, right? Because of that fear that is placed in upon us that I'd say word of uterine rupture, two words, uterine rupture. That is a very scary thing to think of. And doing it at home and the thought of not being right next to an OR can be scary and intimidating, right? Like Mm -hmm. really, really hard to comprehend. And is it safe? Is home birth safe after all? So there's just something on our blog. And so I'm jumping into home birth first versus hospital. And And I don't necessarily suggest one or the other specifically for, you know, just permanently. Generally. Yeah, generally. You know, this is very much a personal decision, but I just kind of want to start this says home birth in general and especially home birth after cesarean, also known as HBAC, HBAC, home birth after cesarean, you know, is growing in popularity. In 2013, 1.4% of US births took place outside of the hospital. Laboring at home is common. But many women also decide to stay home for the birth itself. Surprisingly, 64.4% of these occurred at home. 64.4. That's mm-hmm. a pretty high number. Mm-hmm. That is really high. I mean, that was in 2013, so that's years ago. But still, like, it's actually more common than you may think, and it's more safe than you think. So, okay, I am kind of like going to go backwards. So I want to talk about how do you know? How do you know what to do? 
or where to go or how, like, you know what I mean? Like how to decide, how do you know what to decide to do? One, I think it's really important to write a pros and cons list for yourself because everyone's different and everyone's going to see different pros and different cons. And some people's pros are going to be those other people's cons, right? Mm -hmm. So write a pros and cons list and be honest with that pros and cons list. If money is a factor, write it down. Money, insurance will cover it, right? If fear is a factor or the con, then write it down, fear. And then let's break those down. Okay, what is the fear surrounding, right? What brings us fear? And then let's educate on those topics and see if that fear still stays. If that fear still stays and you're like, nope, I still feel very comfortable at the hospital, stay at the hospital. And if you're like, oh, actually, I didn't know that it was not like that, then that may change your mind for home birth. And this is something I've stuck with for so long. Like, honestly, ever since Bliss Young with, you know, I don't know if you guys all know Dr. Stu's podcast, but Bliss Young, she said this and I, I, I just can't even like let go of it. I just can't because it's just too good. But it's the analogy of like, okay, for our weddings, we pick out the flowers, we pick out the venue, we go to places, we get comfortable, we pick out the colors, and we are picking out the destination and everything included, right? And then for some reason, when it comes to birth, which is a very another very big day of our lives, we let our insurance companies tell us exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> I love that when she said it. I was like, whoa, I never even thought of it like that. So yes, money can be a factor, but don't let someone tell you who you can deliver with, where you can deliver, and how you can deliver if that's not something you're comfortable with. It may be. You may be like, I don't care really where I go. I just want to have a baby. And that's okay too. But just keep that in mind. So yeah, so writing a pros and cons list, really understanding the facts, and then following your intuition. I know Julie and I talk about it all the time. But follow that intuition. It's huge. If your intuition says, I shouldn't be there, then don't go there, wherever there is, right? And it's hard to differentiate fear versus intuition. But usually, if you're feeling scared, that's not your intuition, right, Julie? Like it's fear yeah. creeping in. So talk I want about to touch that. on that. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times, I feel like sometimes we don't explain enough about what intuition is. I actually made a post yesterday because I wrote about a blog about how to have an empowering birth experience. And your intuition doesn't have to be like a warm and fuzzy, feel like you get wrapped in a big hug and be 100% confident in your decision. Intuition can look a lot of ways. And, and the decisions that you make because of your intuition or the things that your intuition is telling you can cause that type of fear or a fear in you. And in that case, it would be an indication that you would need to do some processing and make sure that you enter into whatever decision you made with, with confidence as much as you can. But sometimes depending on yourself and acting on your intuition can look like asking questions when something doesn't feel right to you. It can look like taking a look at the big picture rather than what's happening at this exact moment. Or checking in with what you're saying to yourself, like your self-talk. Sometimes self-talk, we confuse with intuition. 
let's check in. Do you say things to yourself like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have such a hard time finding a provider? Well, how can we turn that into something that's a little more productive statement? Like, all right, I know that I can find the right provider to my birth. I know that I can do the work necessary, things like that. Um, asking for reassurance from others. Sometimes I know for me, oh my gosh, Megan, you, <laughs> Megan can attest to this, but I need reassurance like big time. If I'm making decisions and I'm trusting my gut and I'm taking a leap, like I need people to tell me that it's the right choice. Even if they think I'm completely off my rocker, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I need it. Words of affirmation is my love language. Reassurance is a big thing that reassurance that I'm trusting myself and that I'm, that I'm making the right decision based on the things that I know and feel not second guessing yourself. If it was the right decision, when you made it, keep trusting that that's the right decision. And then also trust that if changes need to be made, then you will know when, and if they do need to be made, um, forgiving yourself can be part of trusting your intuition because sometimes we have to forgive ourselves for not knowing what we didn't know or making decisions that we didn't know could have we could have made differently when they happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and allowing yourself to feel negative emotions. Oh my gosh, please, please, please. Can we say that again? Allowing yourself to feel negative emotion. Sometimes people think, oh, only positive vibes, good vibes only when I'm preparing for my birth. But if you do not allow yourself to feel and process those emotions and then send them off to their own little wherever negative emotions go land, then you're going to be doing yourself a great disservice because they can come up and appear while you're in labor and birth that can negatively impact the physiologic process of your birth. Um, And then just being kind and loving to yourself. Sometimes that is just simply what your intuition needs you to do. Just stop and slow down and take a break and be kind to yourself. But yeah, I I like that. And I think that it's important to clarify that intuition doesn't just look like a still voice while you're in the quiet and dark room. Right, right. And not allowing all the outside static Mm-hmm. to impact it right like yep because i feel like it kind of just jumbles around and we're like wait what now what am i feeling is that intuition is that opinion is that fear i don't know Ooh, what is it you know what i mean like mm-hmm. there's so much so yeah i love that perfect so let's talk about hospital birth what are the pros of hospital birth let's talk about them pros and cons well, I think the biggest pro of hospital birth is probably the biggest pro of home birth too, is it making sure that it's a space you're comfortable in because some people just don't feel comfortable and they never will feel comfortable giving birth at home, right? Yeah. If you're not comfortable, then what happens? Like everything locks up and your physiologic process is destroyed. But I mean, the obvious pros of of hospital birth really are if you have an, an emergency that needs immediate attention then your baby can be out of your body in one to two minutes with a crash cesarean. So I think that immediate access to uh, emergency resources and care is probably the biggest pro about hospital birth. Yeah, just having access to that care, comfortability. Also, I don't know, I think in some ways there's a pro of having more... Now, this could be the pro and the con on both ways, but more resources. Does that make sense? Like, so 
say you're going your nine centimeters and there's this the slip or whatever, like there's other things you can do like in home, but sometimes like a drop of Pitocin really does help. Right. Mm-hmm. Or like say you're pushing for hours and hours and you have a provider that's right there that can help assist with, you know, vacuum or forceps. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So like, yeah. those are like little pros that like we wouldn't really think they're pros. Cause like, they're not like something we want to think of a pro, but like, you know, it's there. And if we're home and we've been pushing for a long time, we have to get in a car and transfer or get yeah, in an ambulance and transfer. Sorry. I'm going like deep into the not. I know. Super- I feel like we're, <laughs> we're kind like, of like uh, all over the place. Cause that's, I, I don't know. I just think that with home birth and hospital birth, a pro to one person could be a con to another person. Exactly. So I think, That's what I think I'm you saying. hit exactly. It's so hard. I think you hit it right exactly on the head when you said you got to make your own pro and con list. I'm just, I've been looking, if you can hear my mouse clicks in the background, I've been looking for the home birth studies that have been referenced or that have been recent, the Canadian home birth study. Um, but it's really interesting. I'm going to go and talk about a couple of re- different resources about home birth actually yeah. um evidence-based birth wrote an article about home birth safety uh here we talk go sorry it. i'm just clicking back and forth really fast so here's the thing evidence-based birth article was written in 2012 and so there's been studies come out in 2015 and 2017 that um, haven't been updated in this study yet but she has a couple of good blogs in here and she has or a couple good references and information in here that I think it's important to talk about just about home birth generally because she sums it up in a way that it would take me like 30 minutes to say because you know how long-winded I am now I want to kind of go into it before saying ACOG does not recommend home birth for VBAC now, with that being said, me and Megan have both had out-of-hospital births with VBAC. And the reason why ACOG doesn't recommend it is because there's not enough data on the safety of home birth for women with a prior cesarean. There's just no evidence to prove whether it's a safe or not. And so ACOG considers it an absolute contraindication, just having a VBAC. However, Everything else support, all these studies support that if a woman is low risk, she could be a a good candidate for home birth. And being a low risk includes um, that you're pregnant with a single baby and you've made an informed choice to birth at home. Babies head down at term, although I would kind of disagree with that one. (laughs) Breach breach home birth can be done safely with a provider that is trained and experienced in breach birth. And if you have a backup plan in place, that's actually one of um, the things at birth. As long as baby's born before before the 37-week mark, the mom has no serious medical conditions um, like heart disease, kidney disease, blood clotting disorders, type 1 diabetes, gestational diabetes, managed with insulin, preeclampsia, or excessive bleeding, um, no placenta previa, obviously, and as long as the parent goes into spontaneous labor, although I think that's also just kind of a gray area because... There are certain things you can do to kind of nudge and encourage labor to begin that aren't medical things, right? But yeah, so what I think the biggest thing is, is that people think that having a, like a home birth midwife, which we, we, we don't advocate for unassisted home birth, especially for VBAC. We, we think it's important for everybody to have a provider that they can trust 
and that is an expert in their type of birth. However, we realize that in some areas of the country and even the world, that's not an option for you. And so um, I'm just going to kind of leave that right there. And we can kind of go back to referencing your intuition and the pros and cons list for that. But home birth midwives are actually highly educated. People have gone through extensive trainings and attended hundreds of births. I know I'm in, I'm a midwife student, right? I'm a student midwife and oh my gosh, the number of requirements and courses and educational pieces and information you have to learn and hands-on experience you have to have, and you have to have a mentor that will guide you and help teach you and educate you. It is an exhaustive process to become a practicing midwife. And midwives have lots of supplies on hand and bring lots of things to home birth. So I'm just going to kind of go over the list because sometimes people don't think about these things. They have a Doppler, handheld Doppler for to monitor the baby, sterile instruments for cutting the cord, vitamin K and I ointment for the baby, suction devices like the squeegee little bulb thing to remove mucus from the um, infant's nose or mouth, oxygen tanks too. They're required by law to have two oxygen tanks with them, an adult and infant resuscitation equipment. They're required to be trained in neonatal uh, resuscitation and CPR. You can, ha- I mean, there's so many things in the birth kit. But midwives can do interventions at birth as well. And the interventions that they can do is obviously monitor baby with their Doppler, monitor uh, women's progress of labor, perform cervical exams, provide physical and emotional support during labor. Uh, Although we absolutely recommend having a doula with you because the midwife can't do both jobs at once, right? Be a midwife and a doula. They can perform all the newborn exams required by the state that your OBGYNs and nurses do in the hospital. They can suture any tears after birth. They can recognize complications and transfer a patient to the hospital if they need to. And most of the time, complications are (laughs) recognized earlier than they would be in a hospital just because you have a midwife there with you 100% of the time. And they can transfer you before this situation becomes emergent. And they can also administer oxygen and emergency medications. Some certified midwives can carry Pitocin, Methogen, and other things like that to help in case of an, uh, an emergency or a hemorrhage. Um, they, they, can perform... they have a lot of holistic things too. Yes. And they, a yeah, a lot sleeve. of herbal things. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of herbal and holistic things yep. that you can avoid having, you know, those medications. That decreases your chances for having those things. Yep. And then they can also start IVs and administer IV fluids. Like I said, it depends on if you're a certified midwife or a direct entry midwife or what your accreditation is in each state, I think varies by law on whether or not, Midwives can carry certain medications, but I think another reason people are kind of hesitant about home birth is not wanting to clean up the mess. Mm, <laughs> That's yeah, what my husband security. said. Yes, <laughs> but security. midwives yes, do such yes, a really yes. good job cleaning up the mess. In fact, my my house was cleaner after my midwives left than before I went into labor on my three home births. Isn't that funny? I'm like, you guys should come back. I believe it though. Are you going to clean up my newborn exam? I know that the two day postpartum they clean very well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do all the newborn checks and screenings just like as if you were at a hospital. So that's yeah. kind of some common myths about home birth. Yeah, definitely myths there for sure. And I love that you're talking about like these midwives are are not just some random people off the street. Yep. <laughs> like they're trained, they're qualified, right? Mm-hmm. And I also want to encourage when you're interviewing these midwives, ask them their credentials, ask them their experience. And their trainings. And their trainings, like that's going to help you. Also, 
I would say one of the pros of home birth versus hospital is the type of care. Now, I don't want to say that hospital staff gives less care or poor care or anything like that. It's not what I'm saying. It's the the quality of time that is yes. put into the care. And it's and it's not because these providers in the hospital don't want to. It's because they can't. They it's just, they can't, right? It's very rare and there are people out there, but it's very rare for a provider to be able to sit down and spend one hour with you and your and answer your questions and talk about your pregnancy and talk about how you're doing and talk about your plans and where you're at in this, you know, in this journey. That's just, it's just unlikely for them to be able to do that. And so that is something that is huge for, that was huge for me in my decision to deliver out of the hospital because I loved that I could go in and ask my doctor a couple questions in my prenatal. It felt, it felt good to like have a list, take it in, ask questions, and then leave and then come up with more questions, right? But I can't tell you how many times it was like, oh, well, so-and-so, like this doctor is at a birth, uh, he's downstairs at a birth, so you have to keep your questions till next time. Or I'd ask a question and he'd look at me like, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah, or, or they're like, well, what? the doctor's just five minutes away, so we can call him in whenever you're ready or you have a question. And then they're like, well, let me go check with what your doctor has to say about that. And yeah. is this yeah, harder? Or like, or like you call in, you call the question, you call into the office. Hey, I have this question. And like you said, oh, let me get, let me get a hold of your doctor. And then the nurse calls you back, not your provider. But guess what? I had a question. I sent my midwife a text message. She texts me right back. She called me. Yep. Let's talk about this. Hey, yeah. okay. Let's, you know, this is what I want you to do. Every single time, like I would go into her visit, she would sit down. And we just kicked back and it was like two friends at a coffee shop, only like we didn't have a table and coffee. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it was just like natural. And, and so yeah. that's a pro that I could say, like, you can't just text your doctor. You can't just call your doctor. And rarely if you call your doctor, you get your doctor. And so that was a really big pro for me is that is that established individualized individual individualized care. And then guess what? I knew exactly who was going to help me get this baby here the day that I went into labor. And one of the cons in the hospital is you just don't know these days. Usually providers work in a group of five plus, Mm -hmm. right? And so you just get who you get and you may love them and you may not have a great relationship or you may have never met them. And for me, and especially for VBAC, I feel it is so powerful to have had that relationship with that provider the entire time. And I think that with that relationship too, is you, you learn to have trust in your provider more and your provider learns to have trust in you more Uh, and they know your specific need more. I feel like this episode, we need to wrap it up, but I feel like this episode might be more like clearing up myths about home birth rather than it is pros and cons of hospital birth because hospital birth this is the thing about hospital births and I want to just say we are both 100% for you choosing your birth location with confidence and in a provider that you are comfortable with at hospital birth you're just gonna have to keep your eye out for more interventions 
being offered to you and know what those interventions are and when or when they may, may or may not be necessary. That's really, really important. But then again, there's some home birth midwives that are really heavy on the interventions like with herbs and oils and things like that. And so I would ask no matter where you are, what interventions are standard when they would decide something's an emergency and for home birth, what their transfer plan looks like, what their transfer rate is. And with that being said, a high transfer rate doesn't necessarily mean that it's a, a midwife isn't a good midwife. It means that they are confident in their abilities with what they can and cannot handle. And they are, I would say, overly cautious and would rather transfer before things come become an emergency, then be in the midst of emergency and have to and have to transfer and possibly endanger health and and life of mom or baby. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. pros and cons. Yeah. I would say I'd say maybe pros and cons, and yeah, that's that's what this episode is more pros and cons. Yeah, and yeah, just the differences. Yeah. yeah, but I think I've seen really really awesome home births or hospital births and hospital birth providers. And I've seen providers with their fingers in mom's vaginas for two hours while they push. And all I want to do is scream, get your hands out of the mom's vagina. They're like, Oh yeah, that's a great push. That's another great push. That's another great push. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, if it's great pushes, then let's, why are we still just keeping our hands in vaginas? What are we doing? And what are we doing to pelvic floors? Yes. What are we doing to the pelvic floor? Then there's other times where having, you know, just some fingers in to like see how and where mom is pushing can, can be beneficial. But and I home think birth it's more, can do that too. I think it's more of a guidance because I've seen it at home birth too. I think it's more of a guidance for, for the parent, right? So yep. like, hey, do you feel this right here? I want you to focus all your individual like strength right here and then they're out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right, so but you don't have to keep them in for two hours. That no, kills me. It kills me no. every time. Yeah. I think I've got to do some processing for that. All right. Well, we encourage you to look at the pros and cons of both hospital birth and home birth. You can find them on our blog, like we mentioned at the beginning of this episode. And also we go way in depth about hospital birth and home birth and other lo- birthing locations and providers in our VBAC prep course for parents, which you can find at the VBAClink.com slash shop. So go ahead. We highly encourage you to take our course. It's going to make you feel more empowered and more confident in your birth choices no matter where you end up birthing. Interested in sharing your VBAC? Head over to the VBAClink.com slash share to submit your story. For information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to the VBAClink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.